Hey guys, welcome to the You Are Not an Artist podcast. I am doing the YouTube Live as well. I messed up on the YouTube Live and I forgot to hit record. I was in such a hurry. I was on the phone with my son and things were like getting piling up on me in the last minute. So now I got to reshoot the intro. But I promise I'm doing it just so you guys can find the value in um, in what we're doing. So I'm going to patch it together, but I'm basically going to reiterate what I said in the first part of the YouTube Live uh, Q&A. If you haven't um, gone to the YouTube channel, um, go over there, head over there. I'm going to put the uh, the link in the description here for the uh, podcast. But go over there, check it out, subscribe, because we do a live Q&A on YouTube so you can ask questions. And I'm also recording the podcast live. So um, this week was all about finding inspiration. So I know exactly where I left off when I hit record on the other, on the, on the YouTube Q&A live. Um, so I'm going to basically give you guys some examples of, um, what, what I found very interesting these last 10 years in terms of finding inspiration. I've really found it very interesting in ways that other people find inspiration and how they create their art from that. So one uh, example is going to be from a rapper you guys probably familiar with is Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, Christopher Wallace, all these different names you guys know him as. Very popular rapper in the 90s, um, died very young. Um, but on an article I was reading, and it, it was quoted from a uh, radio interview that he did where they were talking about inspiration. And I thought it was very interesting that he said this. And there's actually a lot of other examples. I'm going to give you another example after this one. He never listened to contemporary rap of his era. Not not for inspiration anyway. Obviously, he listened to it just to see who was out there and all that other stuff. But it, and for inspiration, he was looking toward uh, country music, which I thought was shocking. And he he couldn't go to sleep without listening to country music and reggae. And imagine mixing those two genres up and making and inspiring, you know, your rap career. Think of how different you would sound, how interesting but familiar you would sound by mixing that up in a creative way. And I thought that was fascinating that he did that. And it makes total sense because if you look at music now, it's highly derivative, meaning a lot of it is just kind of, you know, recycled, repur not repurposed, but recycled through the same system. So like sometimes I'll turn on the, you know, the radio and I'm like, oh, I think I know who the artist is, but because they sound all so similar, I can't really put my finger on it. And so usually I get it wrong because it's a little very, very derivative. Then you think of artists nowadays that sound very singular and they have their own, you know, their very, their own voice the way they rap, the way they sound, the way their music is put together. You, it's like you know it instantly who it is. And so I thought that was a very fascinating because Notorious B.I.G. had a very unique sound, a very unique voice, and a very unique way of delivering his music. And um, so that was fascinating. Another example I have was the second one, Van Gogh. Is that the one I did? Yeah. Van Gogh is, uh, you guys know who he is, very famous Dutch artist. Also died very young, interestingly enough. Um, who was uh, one of the early Impressionists um, of the 19th century, uh, painted mostly in France. And uh, I found it very interesting when I was learning a lot about his, his, um, his life and, and how he created. Um, he did start and begin his, his artist career and journey by 
exploring a lot of the impressionists of his era as well as renaissance artists but that's what they were all doing they were all learning from you know primarily the renaissance artists and then you know their own school of impressionism and they were all in this little small community you know Cezanne um uh oh my god who am I uh Renoir um god I'm, I can't think of the other one already I always go blank when it's I'm looking at you for she's a renaissance person either way he was studying a lot of those impressionists during that time and what really changed his artwork when you look at his body of work the last basically year and a half of his life he completely changed and it was because he was inspired by japanese art prints um, of the time so it was really interesting to see his artwork be influenced by something that was outside of his normal community so he wasn't consuming any more of that impressionist work during that time period, although he was influenced early on. What really separated him from everybody else was the fact that he was really obsessed with Japanese art prints. He was a collector. You, there's even a few pieces that he did studies of. And when you look at pieces like pieces like the Japanese uh, or the cherry blossom tree that he did, that's directly influenced by Japanese art prints. So I thought that was really, really fascinating. So um, I'm going to go ahead and piece together <laughs> the other part of the podcast because it's really where it picks up. So, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, oh, my God, I forgot to start the recording of the podcast. I screwed that up real good. Okay, well, if, <laughs> if you guys are just joining the podcast, we're talking about inspiration. Anyway, anyway. Um, so another example of, um, of inspiration is from Van Gogh. You guys know who the artist Van Gogh is, a Dutch, very famous Dutch artist. Um, he found inspiration. Um, I think he, he, if you read up a lot of his story and you read the letters to his brother, um, he found he started to be, find a lot of inspiration in contemporary impressionists. But when you look at his early works, they're very derivative. Uh, they're very much like the impressionist of his time. And he separated himself be, by doing one particular thing, which was he started to find inspiration in Japanese prints um, during that era. And I would say some of that time period that predated the Impressionist uh, painters um, in Europe and specifically in France. In France, they were just all about Japanese art prints. And whenever you know Japan started trading with the rest of the world, a lot of artwork got distributed different parts. And one of those areas was in France during the Impressionist, beginning of the Impressionist period. And so uh, Van Gogh got, his, got a hold of some of these Japanese art prints and he was just in love with them. He was a collector. And um, in fact, his brother was, was uh, Theo, was selling some of these Japanese art prints. If you research some of Van Gogh's artwork, you'll see that he actually did some studies of Japanese artwork. If you look at his um, cherry blossoms, that's an example of using uh, Japanese art as inspiration. So um, Van Gogh was directly influenced by a different art sort of artwork outside of his collective, outside of his community. And that's what led to him interpreting through that influence and through that inspiration to what we see in his artwork today. And I find that fascinating. I'll give you one more example. David Grohl, who was in uh, who was in the band Nirvana, and um, he was said in an interview um, that with uh, with Pharrell, 
um, from the Neptunes. And um, he said that he got a lot of his inspiration from funk bands in the 70s. In fact, he stole like one of the, um, I guess, one of the, I don't know how you would call it, I'm not a musician. One of the ways that he was playing the drum through that particular song was actually taken from one of his favorite, I think it was the Ohio Players, if I'm not mistaken. It's online. But you can see that it's okay for you to go from one medium or one, you know, uh, one particular area in, in art or maybe outside of your own medium of art, maybe music or movies or photography and use that as an inspiration for how you apply that to your own artwork. We just have to be careful that, for instance, if you're a portrait artist that uses a lot of, you know, um, pop art and does cubism and, you know, mostly warm colors, you know, and you're like doing, you know, punk rock, you know, music, you know, and, and that's your inspiration. If you lo only look for artwork that's that same kind of artwork, you're not going to grow. It's not going to look any different than anybody else that's in that exact same niche. It's all going to be the same. And if you're really building a career, that is one of the main tenets of growing your artist career is looking for inspiration that's going to push you in another direction so that people see you and recognize you for that specific thing. And it, sometimes it has to do with theme. Sometimes it doesn't. It really can. It really is a wild card in terms of you figuring out where you're going to find inspiration. My last example is going to be where I find a lot of my inspiration, and I really hone in on it. Um, I really lean in hard on some of the things I grew up with, for everything from Western movies to breakdancing to '90s hip hop to um, kung fu movies of the 1970s and 80s, like. I really lean hard on those things and I look for inspiration in that because those are the, those are the things that excite me. So let's start leaning in more into the positive stuff. Um, when it comes to finding a lot of positivity in your artwork, it's very important that you, what we decided to call this was follow the dopamine. It's really important that you follow the dopamine. And the dopamine is a chemical that happens in your brain whenever you're doing an activity that really excites you that really gets your interest and gets your focus it's what usually happens whenever we're doing something and we get into this sort of flow state and we lose track of time that's what's happening whenever you're you know whenever you're experiencing that and we have to follow more of that it's more it's really important that we do that in our daily lives but it's even more important that we do that whenever we're creating Here's the opposite effect. Whenever you are frustrated with a, with, with a, a particular piece or you can't figure out what you need to paint next and you start thinking about what everybody else wants, you'll find yourself painting something that you don't want to paint. And it is, uh, what, was that, what was the word again? Cortisol. Cortisol. My wife is right next to me. She's, she's, she's helping me out to the podcast. She knows she's, she's like going to be a biochemist, so she understands all these terminologies. But um, so the cortisol is the opposite of the dopamine. And that is what you're feeling whenever you're kind of feeling stressed or anxious or a lack of interest It is what's happening to you physically that you can feel. It's a physical manifestation of that particular chemical that's happening to you whenever you're not involved in what you're doing. 
And that can lead to, you know, a lot of different things. It can lead to you not being interested anymore in what you're doing. And sometimes what I think happens to artists early on when they're supposed to be focusing on building your creative process and getting inspired, what you really have to be focusing on is all those things. What inspires you? What's your creative process? You know, what lights you up? What gets that dopamine going? But whenever you go too early in your career and start focusing on selling, and um, and figuring out how to market your artwork before you've done any of the preliminary stuff that I just said. What happens is you end up painting stuff that you think is marketable and then you become a manufacturer and that can really drain you and it, there's, it's not gonna take very long before you're just gonna like hang up your brushes and your aprons and all your supplies and just be like, forget it, I don't wanna do this anymore. Um, it can also happen whenever you are experiencing uh, sort of like an artist block and you're not looking at the things that seriously interest you because you're overthinking them. You're thinking nobody's going to be into this stuff. I can tell you right now, living the world we live in in 2021, there is more weird stuff that you that that has a large community for it than you would think. In fact, we were just watching a TikTok yesterday where this guy has almost a million followers and he is obsessed with trains. He just loves trains and he just quit his job just so that he can focus on obsessing over trains. He literally goes and waits at the train station and the train comes in and he gets excited, he films it. That's pretty much the end of the video. And and there are literally a million people that are like obsessed with this, with him. So if you think that maybe people are not gonna be into what you're into, with the way the world works now, there's just so much communication happening and community building in these little small interest areas that you know relative to the population of the world a million people is actually pretty pretty small and if you think about it from that perspective and everybody that's on the internet now looking for their communities they're just looking for somebody that's into the weird stuff they're into and that's a good thing that's a great thing because you can literally build on top of that and never have to look for you know things that don't inspire you or don't excite you or don't interest you you know, you never have to go down that road if you don't want to. So when you're thinking about inspiration, follow the dopamine, follow what interests you, what's your passion, what's the thing that lights you up. And, you know, that isn't to be confused with things that we would consider like things that you got to wipe your ass, like the, the, that kind of stuff where you just have to do it. Like you don't have a choice. You just have to wipe your ass and maybe do some administrative stuff. Don't get it confused with that because we all got to do it. We all have to do that stuff. So don't get it confused with that kind of stuff. Um, that stuff is necessary in order for you to operate your business. But when it comes to inspiration early on in your career, make sure that you're focusing on things that truly inspire you. That way, as you get into other parts of your career in your phase two and your phase three, you can really use that as a reminder. And you can just be like, oh, I need to, I'm facing a little bit of an artist block. I know what I need to do. I need to hone in on the things that interest me. I need to hone in on the creative process that excites me. If you like painting on the floor, paint on the floor. If you like having a, you know, your favorite movie on while you're painting, throw that on. There's no wrong way for you to chase this dopamine as long as you're not hurting yourself or somebody else, obviously. Um, so stick to that and you're early on in phase one. If you guys want to learn more about what phase you're in, um, I'm going to link the website or my website below. It's got the three phases and explains, explains those as well as uh, here on YouTube. There are 
uh, different videos explain the different phases. So phase one, phase two, phase three. Phase one is just the first part of your career where you're just learning, practicing, building inventory, building community, not selling anything. You are not selling in phase one of your career. You're only doing those main things. The second phase is really where you start to kind of figure out all the stuff that you need to do in the business, you know, like setting up, launching, you know, your website, um, you know, figuring out a marketing strategy, you know, uh, doing your taxes, finding a legal entity, you know, filing a legal entity, um, having a sales process, like basically building out a business plan. And phase two can be really, really long. But it's important that you do all the work in phase one so that when you run into like these little artist blocks where you're struggling to be inspired, that you've already laid the foundation for that. And you don't have any rocky little moments where you have dips in your art career where maybe you're not doing anything and things have just dried up, you know. So it's very important that you focus on those things um, early on so that as you get into other parts of your career, you can have a good handle on them. And of course, phase three is where we all want to be. Phase three is where we, we have a team of people around us. Maybe not a big team, but a team around us that's helping us manage things, you know, answer people's requests, book commissions, or, you know, scheduling you for an event or sending out your social media. Those things can all be outsourced so that in phase three, we get back to the thing we like to do most of the time, which is creating artwork. So um, that's kind of a nutshell, but I explain those in other videos in, um, um, on YouTube, as well as uh, blogs and articles that you can find on the website. So um, that is uh, what I wanted to talk about today, um, is uh, how to get inspired and how to figure that process out. Just a disclaimer, this is just what I've learned. You know, there's probably a lot of other topics out there about finding inspiration, but I find it very useful whenever you can find somebody else's perspective on the way that you, um, you know, the way that you're trying to figure out and, and, and doing something. So um, follow, uh, follow us here on YouTube if you found some value here. Um, again, I'm doing this every Wednesday at uh, 7.30 Central Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Um, also follow us on Twitter. I'll put all the links below um, for Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook, if you got to follow me there. I'm not as active on Facebook just because, you know, Nobody likes Facebook anymore. I'm trying to get off of Instagram too, if I can. But um, I'm going to put all those links below so that you guys can hit us up and ask questions. Of course, the website. And um, yeah, tune in next week. And we're going to be covering a different topic next week. And um, and excited to answer you guys' questions. If you're watching the recording, you can always comment on the video and I'll get back to you. I've got an alert on my phone that lets me know when everybody comments on the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of, rest of the week. Ooh. That's a tough one. West, west, west of the week. West of the reek. We're hunting rabbits. West of the reek. Yeah. West of the reek. West of the reek. Have a good west of the reek, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>